All right. I can barely see over this new microphone. I don't know how I feel about it. All right. You ready? Ready, um, as I always am, because we're consummate professionals. <laughs> you know it. numbers hello everybody and welcome to another episode of sideways in time it's been a while it feels like um, quite a while yeah last week uh let's just call it technical difficulties <laughs> and we were able to air at least the uh interview segment with that we had with trevor eon which was awesome super cool dude um and i really hope we get to do that again one of these days uh, I am still working on getting the video version of that up on YouTube, as well as the episode prior to this one, that one up on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's been a busy couple weeks, so I apologize for that. Hey, everybody, I'm Lucha Chris. Over here is my buddy, Patriot Pat. How's it been, Patrick? We, I feel like we haven't uh, we haven't hung out in a while. I know, outside of the occasional text. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we haven't. And um, I don't do anything with the YouTube channel because tech, tech Technologically, I'm 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 a moron, so uh, I let I let Luch handle all that. Um, like yeah, I said on yeah. Twitter, I'm just here to show up and be pretty, and it works. <laughs> that's why that's why dogs here. Dogs uh, only yeah. because he loves your voice. Uh, I did. Uh, on a, uh, I might have a pirate Christmas this year. Um, if you notice, if you watch the YouTube episodes, the whole time we've been doing this, you'll notice I've been rubbing my eye a lot. It's because I have a completely like blocked tear duct, uh, something in there swollen. So it, yeah. So I'm getting that like roto rooted. So hopefully, I could, and that's on the 23rd. So hopefully, I get to wear an eye patch. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah, it'll be like yo ho ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> we could change your name there. We could change your name there. Pirate Pat. Santa Pirate. Pirate, pirate. Pat. <laughs> Just add a CH to the end of your name. Oh, man. This is already the best episode we've ever done so far. Uh, so today, we're going to do uh, some, some wrestling discussions. Uh, and uh, so we're going to do a Mount Rushmore of the best gimmick matches of all time. We're going to talk about AEW Dynamite a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit, possibly, about some MLW. Uh, we're going to talk about NXT War Games um, and some of the uh, things that surrounded that pay-per-view. Um, and we're also going to talk about the upcoming Journey Pro show. Uh, I think, I believe it's on the 17th? 17th. Of December, coming up. Yes. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, first off, let's... Uh, Let's get into the the Mount Rushmore. We haven't done one of these in a little while. Um, mm -hmm. and we're also well aware that we haven't done a what if in a while. We were just literally discussing that before we hit record. We're going to be doing them again. And and but we just have to we have to find the right ones. They're kind of a lot more challenging than I think either one of us anticipated. So uh, we're listening. If you've shot them to us, we have, we're definitely not ignoring it or you. 
Um, we just have to find the right time to really spend the time to do some research and, and get it right. Cause otherwise it's just two idiots talking about things we know nothing about, which is basically yeah. the premise of this podcast. And uh, it, there's, there's so many what ifs that we've looked at. They're like, well, what if this, and you, you look and the trail dies like yeah. right away <laughs> or the trail goes on for infinity and we're like, you know, you know, but we think of it the night before yeah. we're going to record. So, so, you know, it's. You know, and some of them were like, what if this happened? We're like, we don't really fucking care. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> Which is a good, it's a good chunk of them. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a whole like list and stuff. And it's, a, he, you know, he sent me a bunch and I sent him a bunch. And there were some that each of us were like, who fucking cares? If, yeah, you know, right, so. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. So our what if this week is uh, what if Lucha Chris and Pat did a what if? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, if, uh, if, if I sound weird or different than usual um it's solely because i over black friday i decided to buy this new uh like mixing board setup that had these preset buttons and all this cool stuff because that's what band from ringside does and of course i try to be like them uh and i i got it cheap which i expected it to be cheap because of black friday um apparently i was bamboozled because it's just cheap and <laughs> That's what I'm using right now as we speak. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how the audio goes. I may have some extra editing to do uh, after we re get done with this one. But I couldn't get my old equipment to work for some reason, of course. So uh, in true, in true uh, sideways in time fashion, we're just winging it. So let us know what you think. If it sounds good, if it sounds awful, you know what you're supposed to do. Hit us up on Twitter at podcast kinda at Luchacris TV at Patriot Pat underscore seventeen seventy six. Let's get into the show, Patrick. You ready? Okay. All right. So we're gonna start off today with the Mount Rushmore of gimmick matches. Uh obviously throughout history there's been a lot of gimmick matches. Um more than I think we were even gonna think of mm -hmm. during this segment. Um Obviously, the highlights, or not even the highlights, but the majority of the ones that are the most uh, recognizable are from WWE or and or WCW um, when they were still alive. I want to try my best to step outside the box because I think we're going to hit on quite a few, but I also have a lot to chime in on um, when we get to certain ones of these, especially when it comes to WWE in the last 10 years or so. Uh, so, Patrick, why don't you start us off, buddy? Okay. Luchador Christopher. Oh, my full name. Uh, so, gimmick matches. The ones that, uh, that I really like are the ones that really, that really build a lot of suspense. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like, one of my favorite ones is the the old-fashioned strap match where you had to hit the four turnbuckles because you could tell such a great story with that. You get the first three and you're going to swing at the next one or the last one and the guy is pulling pulling and stuff. And then, you know, That's and then nice. the ref is like... So I love those. I mean, you know, because the strap was as much a weapon as it was another uh, character in the story. And I, I think th those are the gimmick matches that I really, really like. It's not just like, you know, a street fight. It's a right. Minneapolis street fight and Atlanta street, but you know, that, that shit doesn't, you know, why 
what's the difference between a Minneapolis and an Atlanta street fight? There is, you know, it, you, you just call it a street fight. You're just pandering to the town. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the ones where the gimmick actually are part of the story. So, uh, um, you know, the strap match, uh, another one, um, uh, the TLC match, you know, uh, just go back, watch the Hardy boys, Dudley boys, uh, edge and Christian boys, watch those two WrestleManias where they, and, you know, when done right, a TLC match, you know, is phenomenal. When, when done wrong, like on a whole pay-per-view, when you have a table match, a ladder match and a chair match, what the fuck is a chair match? I don't, you know, um, yeah, first person to sit down in a chair wins. I don't, um, yeah, right. So, but yeah, the old TLC chair match. Yeah. So the old TLC matches, strap match, the old fashioned lumberjack matches. Cause it was the story with the old, old lumberjack matches was the heel was always running away. Right. And stuff. And so finally, you know, the promoter or whatever, we're going to have a lumberjack match and you can't get away and stuff. And it wasn't. I mean, it was a gimmick match, but it wasn't as gimmicky now. And that was the culmination of a feud. That was, you know, that's how you ended the feud because the baby face finally got his hands on the heel and stuff. And, you know, sometimes face one, sometimes the heel one, you know, whatever. But still, you know, that was, that was the end of the feud. And that was a big deal. Whereas now lumberjack matches are kind of, you know, you have the face jacks on one side and the heel jacks on the other side. Yeah, it's more of a schmoz. Yeah, yeah. Or you have zombies around the ring, which for what it was, I loved the zombie lumberjack match for what it was. I didn't see it. Just like just like the the Ghostbusters versus the costume dark order for what it was. It was it was fucking great. <laughs> anyway, that, um, but um but my favorite gimmick match, which will lead into what we're gonna talk about later, is war games. Just you know, a phenomenal concept. Just, you know, the NXT ones were up until recently. Um, just blow your fucking dick off. Good. I mean, they were they were exciting. Uh, and then you go back and you watch the old ones. If you have the network or, you know, I'm sure they're on YouTube or clips of them are on YouTube. You know, go back and watch them. Or they are, Peacock, I guess. They are just as, uh, or yeah, Peacock, did I say the network? Um Oh, even YouTube and stuff too, but yeah, I'm sure Peacock oh. probably has a good um, of them. But yeah, go back, go back and watch them if you haven't. Uh, you know, they're just, and again, the reason for those gimmick matches was to be the blow off, right? To a feud, it wasn't. I mean, nowadays you got it's like, well, you're gonna you're gonna you know have your initial little scuffle, and then you'll have a tag match, and then you'll have a tag match where you're on the same team, and can they coexist? You know, and then, well, we're going to do a lumberjack match between you two, then a cage match, then a this match, then a this. And, it, and it's like, you know, you, you do five gimmick matches for some fucking feuds. And it's, you know, they, no, no, it's supposed to be the end of the feud. Right. That's, you know, that's why I love them. And that's the the ones that I love where the character, the gimmick is a character in the, in the thing. I agree. And the, and that's the thing. So like even like the original war games where they used to have the the, the top on the cages mm-hmm. and, and and I didn't watch when I was younger. I knew I knew I saw images of war games back in the WCW days, but I didn't, you know, yeah. obviously anybody who listens to this show knows I, I didn't watch a lot of WCW growing up, but I knew of them. It wasn't until NXT brought it back and my mind was blown because, as you said, up until 
this last one, which I didn't watch, so I can't really shit on it, but they've been fantastic up, up until this point, at least as far as I know, um, or, or as far as I'm concerned. Um, and TLC is one that I was going to mention. Um, but what I had mentioned before, um, so I'm going to mention a couple of these that I have issues with more now than I do in general. And there a couple of these are some of my favorite stipulations to gimmick matches. Um, but I h- hate the way they're used currently. Yeah. And that's because we all know that when a gimmick match in WWE is done well, the first few times it becomes a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you know, with TLC, the TLC match itself is fantastic because you add all those elements. There's a lot of story to be told. There's a lot of spots. There's, there's a lot to be done and can be done to entertain the audience within a TLC match. When you spread it out between through a whole fucking pay-per-view, there's no point behind it at that point. So it's like, you know, like most of these gimmick matches are grudge matches or they're, or they, they should be, you know, this is, it's a gimmick match. This is what we're going to do because nothing else is working. So we have to do this crazy match in order to settle this, you know, settle the score. So, I'm going to go with one of mine, and these are in no specific order, but I have always been a massive fan before it was a pay-per-view of Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Because it was able to take a lot of other gimmick matches and kind of throw them together, and I love that it starts off with two people in the ring, and then you've got the other guys or girls uh, waiting in the pods just you know, and none of us know who's in when, you know, it's not like the Royal Rumble where we, where we know a, a cluster of the, the people's entrance numbers and stuff like that. Um, it, it's just fun. It's kind of brutal. You know, you get, you get all your kind of extreme hardcore rules stuff out of there. I think it, there's been a couple of them that had weapons tied to the, to the cage and stuff you could use, which I thought was an interesting dynamic. Um, there's a lot of things you can do in there. So they've got those outside portions of the ring that are just steel flooring. Um, you've got the chain link itself. You can get up on top of the pod and do spots. You can climb up like a. Uh, Lindsay was it Lindsay or metal yeah, that Yeah. Swung. One of the two of them. Exactly. Climb up all the way to the top and did this big flip off of it. There's a lot of things can be done and it takes, you know, what is it? So for, five, six of your top stars and puts them in a match that makes sense. Um, so Elimination Chamber, when it was just a a match that was used, you know, for its specific purpose, I loved it. Um, I'm also going to mention uh, the Royal Rumble, which I know technically maybe isn't considered, could may or may not be considered a gimmick match. No, I would, I would turn I it in. It because outside of just a regular... Uh, this side versus this side right. pinfall submission count out disqualification match. I'd say, you know, whether it's singles tags, whatever outside of that, everything, I think everything else is gimmick match. So I, I agree. And, and, and this is one of those ones again, when done correctly and WWE hasn't really done anything to sour the Royal rumble necessarily. I think it's still one of their more, more one of the two, maybe three pay-per-views that actually are a, fairly decent success every time 
Um, there's been some stinkers, but for the most part, it's an entertaining pay-per-view nonetheless. And this is one of those mm-hmm. ones having it as a pay-per-view. It's always been that way. And I don't mind it because it is like the focal point. It's not a grudge match. It's a tournament sort of, you know, yeah. it's, it's a tournament without a bracket. So it's throw all these people together and see who's the best of the best. I love that concept. I think you and I are on the same page that the year that Brock Lesnar took out almost the entire roster was one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time. Uh, It's to me, it started out as one of the worst ones. I was getting pissed. I was yelling, but by the end, yeah, it all made sense. It was, it all made absolute sense by the end of it. It was perfect. Um, It got the right guy over. It made him look like a monster because of the guy that took out so many people before him. They had already planted that seed prior to the match. You know, with a little bit of a back and forth between him and Brock, obviously we had that massive moment between him and Keith Lee that people still to this day talk about, even though it didn't, oh, yeah. nothing came from it. It's a couple of days ago, I saw a meme that was those two standing in the ring and it was, how did you fuck this up? Yep, there's a lot of those going around. Uh, and honestly, that could be one of our what ifs one day down the road. Like, what if that moment would have turned into something? Like, yeah. What if that would have been Keith Lee's push? Because obviously Brock was into it, and if Brock's into it, and visibly smiled and was excited when he saw Keith Lee, that's not something we get very often, if at all. That's a Mm -hmm. big deal, and we all know what happened there. Uh, So yeah, the Royal Rumble is a big deal to me. I think it's one of the best because it, it does showcase, one, a lot of talent at one time. Everybody gets a couple spots in. Um, You get a little comedy you get some drama like there's there's a you get a little bit of everything in the you get returns exactly exactly so it's it's a fun it's one of the more fun matches that the wwe has ever done and then you've got you know other companies like battle royals and stuff like that which kind of serve the same purpose but yeah well and what did uh what's uh AEW do the casino battle royale Royale. Royale. kind of the same thing you know exactly it's a smaller scale it's it's like 10 12 people or something like that right but yeah, I, I, I'm all for it. I think Royal Rumble is mm-hmm. one of the best matches in history. Um, this is another one that I think early incarnations of this match were amazing. And now I can't stand the sight of the logo, of the, the gimmick itself. Hell in the Cell started as one of the most cool, like, on point grudge match style gimmick matches mm-hmm. ever because it was basically a one ring war games for two people you know um obviously we got one of one of if not the most iconic uh hell in the cell matches between taker and mankind uh for obvious reasons we all know why but it was one of those things it's like look man these two there's either too much interference, kind of like a war games thing from either side. So it's like, you know, we, we need to do this. Just the two of us. You're not escaping. No one's entering. There is no way out. There is no way in. Obviously there is, but you know, and so it's same with kind of a, a mixture of war games and the elimination chamber. <clears throat> Excuse me. They, you know, there are still like chairs under the ring and stuff like that. So if you have to go that route, you can, uh, it's an edgy thing. Obviously, if you do escape, you're ending up on top of it. You know, like you're not going very far. The one person that did was mankind and he came right the fuck back. Um, you know, it's just it was one of those things. You know, 
Then we had the Shawn Michaels and Undertaker one, which was the first one, which was amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure wasn't it a hell in the cell that Undertaker hung uh, Boss Man? Yeah. Yeah. You know, which I think was on like a Raw or something. It wasn't even a pay per view, if I understand correctly. But there was just, there's a, it used to be this big deal. Like it, now it's a, a big red crate, heck in a crate. Uh, and it's just, it's one another one of those examples. There's no reason to have a pay per view. It ruins, it ruins the excitement of the grudge that it's, it's another one like war games, as you said, that it should be a, a, the end cap of a feud. You know, whoever wins in this one is the winner move on kind of thing. And now it's just like, it's just a regular occurrence. Um, well, and you, you look at the old hell, uh, hell in this, or you look at the old cells and it was just chain link and fucking zip ties. Right, the new right. ones, they, when I saw Drew Mack get thrown off by Randy Orton at the last hell in a cell I watched, I was like, they have fucking footholds set up. They, you know, they have spots for the fucking for their spots already set up. I'm like, you you just took me out of the element, you know, because I'm just like, oh, they have footholds right there. They're going to step on it. Oh, look, they did. Somebody's getting thrown off there, you know, and it, it, it takes away the the spontaneity and the, you know, the illusion of it being an actual fight. I agree to an extent. At the same time, I'm happy that Mick Foley is alive. You know, that kind of thing, like for safety purposes and and outside of kayfabe, I'm not so upset that they've changed the cell itself. Um, But I I get what you're saying, though, too. Um, I just I I, I don't I don't mind the structural integrity. But when you have actual spots that are blatantly uh, footholds, I mean, you know, that that's what they are. You know, and it's I get it. It, it, you could build a little lip that you could stand on the whole way around and then, you know, fucking mark it with a marker. I used to do that on stage, you know, mark, you know, mark the specific spots I wanted to stand. And- well, and I think too, I think almost the idea of them making it this bright ass red or any other color. I mean, yeah, they used to have like the blue cage way back in the early nineties and that kind of stuff. That's not the same thing. But the fact that they have made an entire pay-per-view around it and that they've made it this giant new structure that's bright red, you're almost pointing at all of the imperfections. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like just have a fucking, just have a cage with a top on it. It's, it, you know, but it's a marketing thing. It's a branding thing. You know, there's no question that when they bring the toys out to Walmart that this giant bright red cage is wwe's yeah. hell in the cell like it you know it i get it because that's what wwe does is just full-on branding and oh i respect them for that i'm i like to be that way myself if i'm not you know if i'm being honest but at the same time you know it it isn't what it was and it's not going to be but i digress uh hell in the cell is one of my favorites from back in the day because they didn't do it that often and when they did it was epic we can name all the best ones i think the last best hell in the cell which was kind of a schmoz was like the eight man uh with when rikishi got thrown off the top into that uh wood chip truck yeah and kurt angle and all them that was probably the last decent one i 
I actually would put the last good one was the New Day versus the Usos. See, I don't remember if I watched that one or not. To be it was, totally and this was, was like a the, year or two ago, right? Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I was living in Kansas City when I watched it. Um, it was so it's within the last two three years. Um, but it was it was really fucking good, and you saw. I mean, you know, the Usos by that point had the Uso Penitentiary and were violent and stuff. But right. you saw a new edge to the New Day, um, and it was kind of like a new evolution to them. Um, but yeah, that one was solid. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if the the Hell in a Cell blew its wad too quick, you know, because it was the second Hell in a Cell that Mick Foley got thrown off of. So it's like, well, where do you go? And then he got thrown through it, yeah. you know, unintentionally. So it's like, well, where do we go from here? And everybody that gets thrown off the cell, it's going to be compared to that original one. So yeah, well, yeah. When when Rikishi got thrown off that year, I was talking about they they had to try to tie in some story to where this truck backed up. Uh, like McMahon what? backed the truck up because somebody he didn't want somebody else to get knocked off, huh. and then Rikishi just fell off into you know a fucking crash pad covered with sawdust. Yeah, which okay again, it's just like that's that's almost the same as everybody giving Jericho shit um, when they did their mm-hmm. match and he got thrown off into the stage and it was. Pro- Do you want these people to die? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like it's wrestling. You want them to just right. land on it, fucking steel grates? It's wrestling. You know, like they didn't really kill Thanos. You know, Iron Man's not really dead. Anyway, uh, so last match, and I know I was gonna say I said I was gonna try to step outside the box. Um and I didn't really. I'm talking about all WWE matches, but um another one that I feel like is still exciting, but it's another one like you just said about hell in the cell. Like what else can you do at this point? Because I think it's overdone as a pay-per-view um, is TLC or not TLC uh, money in the bank. Um, yeah. b- because it is TL it's TLC. It's a TLC match with a higher stipulation. And the idea, I love the idea of having this, the ability to cash in whenever, like on my WWE 2k games, Instead of doing Hell in the Cell, the promotion that I created, it's a belt called the King's Crown. And you it's essentially the same thing, except for you don't have to have the TLC portion of it. You win the belt, and the belt is the is the cash in prize. So you are walking around as a champion, which will show off the new talent that you're trying to push as champion worthy, and they can cash in that title by winning a title match. So they can set themselves up with a title match, and if they win they walk out with the world title or whatever title they challenge for. And then that the King's crown title gets vacated. And then, so, you know, it goes from there. That's kind of what, like what TNA does with the, with the yes. exhibition. Exactly. You can, you can turn, you can turn in the exhibition title for a world title shot. Exactly. And so it's the same concept basically, except for it's their version of it, which I don't hate the money in the bank thing. It's a contract. So that makes it all makes sense. I'm not knocking that at all. Um, stipulations are just higher than a TLC match, you know, because with a team TLC match, you can add championships to it, which would make it even higher, you know, uh, it would make it even more intriguing because there's titles involved. But with this one, the winner gets to be, you know, gets to play a little bit. They can like tease things. There's, you know, there's, there's all that drama kind of involved. Um, You got the, the, oh, the Brock Lesnar boombox. That was moment. up until this version of Brock Lesnar. That was the best version the best. of Brock Lesnar. I agree. When he's able to play and just yeah. be silly and do whatever he wants, it's my favorite. Yeah. Um, what was yeah. I? Uh, the TLC. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it's it's more what happens afterwards. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. I mean, or not the deals, the money in the bank. Money in the and bank yeah. What if, I mean, what if they changed it up and did like you know, like one year do a six man elimination right. match, just a regular, you know, or you know, it doesn't. A, yeah, it doesn't have to reach for the the briefcase kind of thing. I mean, like the one they the pandemic one where they did it at Titan Towers. I laughed my ass off. Oh yeah, it was hokey as fuck. I but for what it, what it was, just like the Ghostbusters match, just like the zombie lumberjack yeah. match, it was you, know, you you had to come up with something because I mean, you know, we were in uncharted times. We didn't know what was happening. But you know, I mean, it's I true. Mean, You're right. I I give I give WWE credit WD40. for throwing a bunch of shit against the wall to see what stuck. Most of it didn't. Um, yeah. Some of it kind of rolled off, but you know, they, I mean, they were trying new things and you know, you had to. So I agree. Um, and, and looking back now that we're pretty much back full swing um, with crowds and, you know, and all that, I'm still as excited as I was the first time we got to see a live crowd at a wrestling show again. You know, it still hasn't worn off for me. I'm still extremely excited to see that not only for me and as and for wrestling fans in general who are watching because it does make the experience that much better mm-hmm. um but for the wrestlers themselves obviously the quality has gone way up since they've been able to perform in front of people watching and i'm i'm not a sasha banks fan but watching sasha and bianca belair um at wrestlemania this year like lose it because mm-hmm. of it, that that moment will be forever ingrained in my brain um and uh so looking back, my point being, looking back at the crowdless era of pro wrestling, I can't really knock what they, they had to try something. They had yeah. to do something that would entertain us, and they did. I wasn't as huge of a fan, but I have to give them credit. If there was an audience and they did that, I'd be way more pissed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, but, I'll give them but that. if there was an audience, they wouldn't even have to try that stuff, you exactly, know? So, exactly. And we wouldn't, yeah. and we wouldn't have had the fucking... Uh, boneyard match which i honestly think was extremely entertaining yeah we we wouldn't have had the john cena bray wyatt match which wasn't a match but it was a a, an intriguing story i I liked it i I know a lot of people shit on it but i liked liked it it. um yeah oh i got one honorable mention that i thought of while i was talking and i forgot to uh forgot to bring it up the uh the fucking king of the mountain match from tna where you had, you had what four six people, and uh, you had uh, something above the ring. So it was a la- it was a ladder match, but the stipulation was everybody had in order to climb the ladder, you had to get a uh, pinfall submission or whatever. So you had six people in the ring, and like you know they would announce because um, I've watched a couple after Impact, they'll play like a, a, a Impact in sixty or whatever, and they'll focus right, on right. one person. Um, and so this was this, the Smojo or the Kurt Angle one. Um, so yeah, you have six people in the rig and they each have to score a pinfall. And well, anytime somebody scores a pinfall, they can climb up the ladder to retrieve the belt. Um, it's convoluted, but then the other person, whoever gets pinned has to go into the penalty box for however long, um, for like two minutes. So yeah, it's convoluted, but then it's like it's the fresh. anticipation builds because you're like hey uh you know when the last person is finally able to to uh uh climb the ladder and stuff and then that's when the shit really 
you know, it's, it's kind of like in the vein of like war games or, yeah. you know, um, elimination chamber and stuff to where, it yes, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I would throw that. TNA tried a lot of fucking gimmick matches. A lot of them sucked ass, but this one, oh, as complex as it was, I liked it. I forgot my favorite one. Judy Bagwell on a pole match. <laughs> no, okay. So before we uh before we move on to the the next couple segments, uh hey, we gotta we gotta you know, we got a little time for our our our, our beefers, our band from ringside brothers, our uh, JCB. Because he's got yeah, a rant this week. Fuck the other guys. <laughs> no. I love Zach. Okay. Okay. That's it though. Anyway, um, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Don't please don't. I don't know. No, oh, Bill's been doing. awfully nice to me. I don't know what happened. He's he been awfully kid. nice on his show. <laughs> Did you like send him a text? Like I didn't. Like, like you know, I don't know. Pat's a combat vet. He'll ramble your ass or something. He, he's he's changing now that he's a, a daughter dad. And I, I've been a dad. I, I have a I have a 26 year old daughter. Well, yeah, but that's I'm, but this is Bill. If it, if, it, if it changes you, you're a pussy. <laughs> You He's didn't deserve to have kids in the first place. You should have been a man. We're a man. I'm a man. Cut trees down with my bare hands. And anyway, so we're going <laughs> to go ahead and jump into uh, JCB's weekly rant, and we'll be right back with you. He's heating up. This is banned from ringside. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell. I'm back with my weekly rant. This week's rant is going to be on something a little different. Uh, AEW is my rant this week. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano are both going to be up for contract. The rumor is that Kyle O'Reilly is on the way to AEW. Johnny Gargano is 50-50. I'll say it right now. I think he actually stays on the main roster. I don't think you make a big deal about him saying goodbye to Johnny Gargano if he's actually going to AEW. That's just my guess. Anyway, the rumor is, especially with Kyle O'Reilly, that he is on the way to AEW. Look, I like AEW like the next person, but you just can't keep signing every single person that comes up to AEW. At some point, guys are going to get lost in the shuffle. Guys are going to get forgotten about. See Brian Cage. See Scorpio Sky. These are guys, Scorpio Sky is one of the guys that, are, you know, was an original guy. He was the first, you know, member of SCU with him and Kazarian that were the tag team champions, first tag team champions. He was the guy that beat Chris Jericho, and then it just kind of went away. Brian Cage, ton of fanfare, came in, won the uh, ladder match, lost to Moxley in, the, uh, in his title match, got the FTW championship. I guess that was okay, but now he's gone. Slowly but surely, Big Swole asked for her release. Slowly but surely, you're going to get guys and girls to the point where they are no longer wanting to wait for their turn and it's going to sound like wwe all over again and there's an easy way to get around that you just have to stop signing talent okay there's certain guys that you're just going to have to sign i get it when brian danielson comes around you gotta sign him when adam cole baby comes around you gotta sign him kyle riley isn't a must sign guy 
So I don't see why you have to go out of your way to get him. There is plenty of talent on this roster. This roster is loaded. Kenny Omega is gone, and they're not missing a beat. Not everybody has to go to the AEW, guys, okay? Kyle Ryle can bounce around to the indies for a little bit, and then if he wants to go to AEW, if it makes sense at that point, then go ahead and do it. Right now, I'm just a little scared that Kyle Riley is going to get lost in the sauce, and he'll be no different off in AEW than he would be on the WWE main roster. You can quote me on that. If not, so what? It's your boy, JCB. I'm out. This is Ban from Ringside. All right. And yet again, thank you, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell from Ban from Ringside Podcast for this weekly rant. Of course, as always, you can find them on Twitter at BFR Pod, at BFR JCB, at BFR Bill, at BFR Zach with an H. You can find their podcast every Friday, new episodes every Friday on everywhere podcasts are found. You can also jump on their YouTube channel, Ban from Ringside podcast uh they do their audio versions of that on there as well if you would rather do that on youtube um and then there's also friends of bfr on facebook it's a private group but if you go in there and you request a uh uh an, an invite you'll jump right in there and uh and have some good times there if you'd rather do the facebook thing so again as usual thank you band from ringside podcast for being a part of this and Oh, and as every week, I make fun of the guys, but no, they have a great show, and they are decent guys. Uh, yeah, I've communicated with all of them over Twitter and Facebook and stuff, and, you know, if we ever go out to an Anarchy show, I'm sure I'll meet a couple of them, some of no, them. No, you won't. They don't go to shows. Well, fuck them, man. <laughs> fuck, I take you back everything I said. I was trying to build them up, and fuck them. Occasionally, JCB will show up, uh, <laughs> or he has, um, and then, you know, Zach, Zach would show up from time to time too when he was still in St. Louis. But okay, uh, well, if I, if I ever go out to Portland, I, I'm sure two beers will. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> but anyway, no, they they do have a great show. They are decent guys. I just like fucking with them because they fucked my name Patrick up for over here. Huh? <laughs> oh, I said, oh, one beer, Patrick over here. Oh, one beer, one beer. Yeah. <laughs> God, listen to episode twelve if you don't know the reference. Oh, man. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into now. Unfortunately, I know this is very professional of me, and I know you guys think so as well, but I didn't get a chance to watch AEW this week. So I'm going to, as Patrick walks away, I'm going to uh, kind of let him lead on this one a little bit. We're going to go over a couple of highlights from last night's show. Uh, well, this Wednesday's show. Uh, I do have a couple of things that I, I want to chime in about as well. Um, and then we'll also probably talk a little bit about, um, I think you said you had some MLW uh, talk you wanted to discuss a little too. So well, I, yeah. So you, big, to go, yeah. you can go ahead and jump into that if you want. If it's, if it's not a whole lot, then we can talk about AEW. Okay. Um, no, I did watch uh, MLW, the most recent episode. I'm, I'm really digging them. So yeah. Uh, um. Uh, was it Alex Kane, the new open weight champion? Mm-hmm. He dumped America's top team. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Alex Hammerstone is going to be, uh, in action next week. But oh, we don't oh. know who the opponent is, but then the big story was, uh, Caesar Duran, uh, was walking around and he handed him, he handed the mask of his brother, um, who, uh, Joe Cobb, Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb, had that mask on a couple of weeks ago for their version of war games, I forget yeah. what, war chamber. Um, but, uh, 
this week he handed the uh, mask to somebody else and it was behind, you know, the camera angle. You couldn't see who it was. So I think next week we're going to get a, a mystery entrant, um, you know, or a mystery competitor. I don't know if it's like the free agent thing or somebody that signed with MLW. Um, there's going to be, I mean, to be honest, there's probably a good chance that some of those ring of honor people might, might jump over there. And I mean, I don't know. Has he showed, has Enzo showed up yet? Next week he makes his debut, his okay. debut. Um, yeah, they were they were promoting that. Uh, still no word on uh, Will Osprey. Um, and then uh, oh, what's oh, and uh, Davy Richards won the uh, Opera Cup. Nice. Yeah. Um, it, which was funny because Davy Richards is billed from St. Louis. I guess he lives in St. Louis. And then uh, uh, he was taking on TJP, and TJP had him in a. Chokehold or a, a chin lock, and, a, and he's got a KC tattoo. I was like, "Is that that fucking Kansas City?" And I look it up, and yeah, TJP is born in Kansas City. So it's just, I thought it was kind of funny that it was St. Louis versus Kansas City. Yeah, Davy Richards is a pretty crucial part of the St. Louis wrestling scene right now. He's not—I don't believe he's from St. Louis, but that's where he's located. And no, he's from Washington, but right. yeah, he's lived in St. Louis for years. Yeah, he's been actually very hands-on. So there's what they call the dojo in St. Louis, which is the uh, basically the the one-stop shop for pro wrestling training. Uh, it's where a lot of the anarchy guys and they, a lot of people from like Tootie. That's where she trained, and she's one of Davy Richards. You know, uh, I forget what he calls them. Uh, his like collective of kids that kids quote unquote his uh, his wolf cubs no it might as his, well be though but uh but it's cool because pack he's so he's so whoo he's so uh he's so in tune with the st louis he's he's one of the people that have learned here you know however long it's been uh that st louis isn't anything to scoff at or or just the midwest in general because kansas city's got it too yeah um, but i think st louis is kind of the hub oh yeah 100%. you know the, the only reason in St. Louis, excuse me. The only reason we we kind of get the uh, I don't know a ripple effect from that because we're only a couple of hours away. Like us, you know, Springfield, Illinois is only a couple of hours away. So you know, right. yeah, we we get a nice, and we'll be talking about that upcoming in the Journey Pro segment of this. What I'm talking about the ripple effect of of stars and talent come to I, I, I have a lot to talk about when we when we get to that too um anything okay. else about mlw no it, uh fun show good action um tajiri's defending his middleweight title all yeah. over the world he's defending it in all japan and stuff so you know a couple of years as long as is they keep blazing the trail they're blazing a couple of years mlw is going to be uh you know another player well, it's funny because they've been around forever. Like mm-hmm. they've been around for many years. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In their opening uh, vignette, they, it shows a picture of Dusty. Yep. And yeah, so like Dusty was involved with uh, NXT up until his death, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, he, he had his hand in a lot of things, though. So, but the fact that, you know, so this was pre NXT, this was pre Dusty and NXT. Oh, yeah, so. 100%. Um, and then, you know, I don't know where they, they filmed somewhere in Philly, mm-hmm. but it looks like, Almost like, uh, I don't want to say bingo hall, but it's like, you know, it's like a really big hall, you know, because you see the shot with a bar in the back and stuff, but they got that place packed. 
you know, you're talking like 2000 people, I guess, you know, and, you know, and I'm just like, good, good for them. Every fucking week it's fucking packed. And I mean, I know Philly fans love the wrestling. I mean, shit, right. the home so, of ECW, but let's see. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 2300 arena. And if I'm not mistaken, the 20 that where I'm ECW sure. used to film. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, that is the ECW arena. The yep. original? Yeah, it is. Ugly yep. as? Okay, okay. That's well, then ECW was and everything like that as well. Yeah, that they must have, uh, they either revamped it or gutted it because, yeah, it doesn't, you know, or they just different camera angles and stuff because right. it does not look like the ECW arena. Okay. Yeah, which, you know, it's kind of got that heart and soul. Like, it, it's got a good mixture of, like, a lot of, you know, obviously it fills the void of, you know, Lucha Underground fans that didn't get any more of that after the fourth season. So, and now with Azteca Underground, it's still kind of creeping in. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's cool. It's got a little bit for everybody. It's a Lucha it's a lucha spot, but it's also got the Bon Erics, and you've got Hammerstone, who's a, a very under uh, overlooked uh, talent. He's very good. Um, they, they've got a they've got a, a smorgasbord of different types of world wrestling, and yeah. I, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, and then being in the ECW arena is just kind of you know everybody knows that those Philadelphia fans are very diehard, so it's nice to see they ha- they have fans back now too as well. So um, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Dynamite this week. There's a couple of points, like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I do. I am aware of a few things that went down that I think are pretty noteworthy. Um, obviously, Daniel Bryan still kind of, you know, I'm I'm loving this. I'm not a heel, but he's a heel. He's he's full heel now. Yeah, like he he's it, full heel. He's just a smirking heel though. He's not, which I think will give him even more hit. And, okay, and so this is one of the things I wanted to discuss because I think I, I if I'm not mistaken, the BFR guys. Uh, kind of touched on this a little bit too last week or the week before, but Daniel, AEW fans get it, right? At least the majority of them, because we all love Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson. We all adore him. I do. I'm only speaking for myself, but I can only assume most people adore Bryan Danielson. He's a fantastic wrestler, if not one of the greatest there's been in decades. Um, he's got personality, even though in the beginning that was part of his downfall is that he didn't have much charisma or personality, but he has grown to have it in drones. Um, so we're supposed to love him. And in one moment, a couple weeks ago, just by mentioning things the way he mentioned it, it turned on. Mm-hmm. People, it didn't even take two seconds. And people understood in the AEW audience, okay, we need to hate Daniel Brian Danielson. He came in and we he was supposed to be, we thought he'd be this hero, you know, but he's not. And it's more intriguing that way, in my opinion. And the and the audience gets it. So for me, plus you can't have him go in against Adam Adam uh Page, Page. as a face. I don't think that's his fun. It would still be a fucking flawless match, I'm sure. Having him as a heel, you know, it's almost like it was needed. There's too many. I don't know. I, I maybe there's not. Maybe there's too many heels in AEW. Maybe there, I don't know. But I think it's a good idea to have him in the position he's in, and the crowd understands it. They're booing the shit out of him, and they love it, just like it used to be back in the day 
we knew to boo him and we love it. Like I, that, that's my take on the Daniel Bryan situation in a great match uh, against uh, John Silva, Silver, Silva. Yeah. It, so Daniel Bryan went full heel. Um, another thing I mentioned this last night to my wife, um, there is no way in hell that John Silver would not only be headlining the flagship show, but be fucking on the flagship show if it were a certain other company. Here, you have a, what, 5556 five, five, dude that is phenomenal. And mm-hmm. you have him in there with Daniel Bryan, best, you know, not to steal a catchphrase, but best in the world. I mean, yep. you know, it, easily in everybody's top five. Of course. Um, and, you know, and you have him hanging with, so, you know, kudos to AEW for Wasn't giving. Was the main event? It was. It was. Yeah. So kudos you to know? AEW for giving so many people a chance. Um, yep. But, yeah, you saw the full heel turn because after the match, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Daniel, Brian Danielson, Brianson, um, which was funny during Punk's promo because remember when, when Punk was on the mic and he kept on calling him Daniel Bryan? He's like, I'm just going to refer to him as the dragon. Yeah. And then he's got the mic. He's like, yeah, and tonight you got blah, blah, blah. You got Johnny Hungy facing the dragon. <laughs> Brian Danielson. He actually had to pause it. <laughs> and I swear he had to think of which, which fucking name. Uh, but anyway, okay. So <laughs> Daniel Bryan Danielson grabs the mic and uh, he says, you know, uh, this person kicked his head in, this person right. kicked his head in, this person kicked his head in, Johnny Hungy. He's like, oh, I didn't kick his head in. Fucking threw the mic down, grabbed his arm, whap, whap, whap. Adam Page comes out. That was the full heel turn. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, he he fully went to the dark side. He's got a red lightsaber now. We um, also, speaking of, of kind of turning it on as far as being a heel, CM Punk got, yeah. a, got a very strange uh, Which, reaction. Did you hear how Dynamite started? Uh-uh. It started with MJF's music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Punk comes out, which, oh, my God, that is such a great callback. Because yeah. remember when Punk was going to debut and everybody said, wouldn't it be funny if Colt's personality played and MJF came out? Right. So the, the, fact that they, the fact that they did that, they're listening and they're yeah. like, hey, this is going to get a pop in itself, you know? Um, which which and it it was, I was like it was funny too because MJF apparently got a very he, he kind of took a second to soak in he choked up a little bit and yeah I had tweeted you know just seeing him break character just a little bit to soak it in you know it's nice I, yeah it, it was great and then he was right back to being MJF but you know yeah just to just to let him appreciate that he was getting cheered in his hometown you know and I think. I think with the punk thing, so I still wouldn't consider him a heel. I still don't think he's a heel, especially right now when he's doing this MJF uh, piece, because obviously MJF needs the heel heat. But yeah, and, and how think, are you going to out heel MJF right now? I mean, anyway, it could be done, ahead, but there's no reason to. You yeah, know, it could be done, especially with punk, but there's no reason to. He, yeah, you know, we're 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 working on MJF being. <clears throat> one of if not the top of those four pillars they always talk about but i think they're not so subtly uh subtly um 
preparing us for punk because i don't know about you and i love cm punk as the the good guy you know the you know chase but i think punk's at his absolute best when he is under people's skin he's a better talker when he's shit talking he's good at fucking pissing people off because especially after these seven eight years of being away and all the shit talking and dirtbag shit that he said and did regardless of what 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 you feel about wwe and his experience there um i just think he's going to be going to be better utilized down the road as a massive heel um so this whole segment was pretty good because it was a weird switch in dynamic you know where you got mjf was kind of getting the pop and and punk was using that to get the, the the heat all good stuff um yeah he he was loving trolling long island for supporting mjf and mm-hmm. that's that's awesome uh we also had the dynamite diamond battle royale or royal which that was awesome uh i mean it the stories that it, it was telling instead of the, the uh uh with uh was it MJF eliminating Wardlow? Because right. you know that's it. I mean, that's the tale as old as wrestling. You have the big bodyguard get you know his uh whoever he's protecting. You know, kind of uh you know they turn on each other and what. I mean, you, you've seen it. You know, fucking Virgil and fucking uh uh. Uh, million dollar man you saw with fucking uh, Biggie and Dolph. I mean, you know, it's just it's one of those things. You know, we were going to see with almost an AJ. Right. Um, some of you will. I won't be watching, but um, uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, it's just one of those things where you know, and that's going to get Wardlow out on his own, um, which I think he needs to be. I think he's good enough now. Yeah, um, you start seeing more Wardlow. Yeah, um, because he's just been and, in the background. And seeing Wardlow and Hobbs face off, holy shit. Um, you know, meaty men slapping meat there. Um, but the one story that is uh, coming out from that was the the Dante Martin eliminating Ricky Starks, uh, who, God, I fucking love Ricky Starks. Um, it, ugh, but... Uh, having uh dante martin eliminate ricky starks when uh uh you know it was supposed to be team taz versus you know uh, eliminating fucking uh mjf and then dante martin eliminates uh ricky starks and tears the ftw band off yeah um i knew that was coming come on now well everybody was like where are we when he signed with team taz they were like where are we going with the storyline what's the point of it where's what's the direction well it was all a giant swerve to right <laughs> kind of like a big f you to uh team taz and i really like that and that'll set up a feud with um i hope i hope leo and dante are still uh, an item um yeah it'd be weird if they weren't because they yeah but it sets up, I mean, because what, Rampage is what, uh, Hook versus Dante Martin, I think. Which, I, it's no wonder they have kept Hook in sweats. Like, I've seen the pictures of this kid now with his gear on, and he's fucking ripped. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. T- Taz's son is a beast. Yeah, he's scary looking. And he's got the white boots with the black, like, boxing trunks, or the, mm-hmm. you know, the black fight trunks, like with the the with the orange hook on it like like okay they've been they've been keeping this kid a secret hopefully he's as good as he looks 
in the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was not ex- I, I knew he would probably be in shape. I did not expect him to be like. Yeah, he, we're talking like Finn Balor ricochet shape. You know, kinda, he's yeah, jacked. Like, yeah, it's kind of dope. Like I was not expecting that at all. So no wonder they've kept him quiet and hidden. You know, even in plain sight, you know, just having him wear these baggy sweatshirts and stuff because they didn't want people to see how fucking cut this dude. Yeah, you just think he's this fucking dopey hang around or kid. Exactly. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. So uh, that that was pretty cool. Another thing we wanted to mention, kind of moving on a little bit. And I I know we're going to start running out of time. I forgot to set my uh, my. uh, my stopwatch uh when we started so i'm a little behind on on the time but uh we did want to mention and this is something we can go into further detail next week on the show and i think we might but let's mention it this time just to get it get it out in the atmosphere so we have one of our buddies on twitter uh a regular listener of ours he's always chiming in and we love it um he's always coming up with these good concepts so at hush ruined on twitter it's (laughs) lol i don't know what the fuck housing um on twitter he uh he added us and said that he had a question uh or that he i think the question is no longer can wwe compete based on our show uh from episode 12 but he says he thinks they're making money despite themselves wwe uh also with the rise of streaming and watch on your own time options i don't think wrestling companies are competing with each other anymore he he continued to say Sure, everyone wants to be the best, uh, but what does it even look like? Social media is a crapshoot and takes seconds to interact. Um, ratings don't mean anything, which is, I, I, I agree. Uh, and we all watch what we want to watch when we want to watch it. Outside of the competitiveness between the bosses and, the, uh, and, and from the fans, uh, like... I don't think there is even a need to compete anymore, which is great. He said in all caps, uh, everyone just focused on your own product and making it the best it can be. That's the best scenario. I don't, I don't disagree. I think there is an, uh, I think the reason why I want to see WWE compete and the reason why I brought that up to begin with is because I want to see their product change for the better. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I saw something that a friend of mine on at, from my, from work, showed me it's called wrestling isn't wrestling on youtube now apparently it's made by a guy who's not very well liked anymore but the video itself is pretty funny and it makes a lot of points but one thing that stood out that kind of uh ties into this is that he mentioned that wwe isn't a wrestling show wwe is a television show that's about wrestling and after i heard that that makes so much sense um, where AEW is a wrestling show. So it's a wrestling show. WWE has become and always kind of has been a show about wrestling. And, and, and that makes perfect sense. But, and so that's where it's like, I go back and forth a lot, you know, does WWE need to compete? No, they don't. And they don't. And they, for, on a lot of, for a lot of reasons, um, I would like to see them compete just so that because we saw what they did when they were competing with WCW and it made not necessarily the best content in the world, but it was entertaining and it was edgy and it got people's attention right now. WWE is not doing anything to do that. Well, and that's when you were drawing, I mean, shit, Nitro was drawing, you know, six points and then raw was drawing five and a halfs and stuff. I mean, you had 
tens of millions of people watching, which you combine all the shows and, you know, all the wrestling shows, you're not getting the ratings that one of those shows was getting in the 90s. Nope. Um, Yeah. And and he's right, though, and that has a lot to do with streaming. Watch when you want. uh, DVR. You know, there's YouTube. There's all these ways to watch that keep eyes off of the television product on a weekly basis. So I think if you if you tie in all of those things, like all of the views on YouTube or all of the streaming, you know, if there was a way to tie in all of those, we might have those numbers, if not more than those numbers on across the board on any promotion. Uh, it's just hard to gauge based on television ratings anymore. It doesn't make any sense that, you know, Meltzer still fucking puts out ratings every week because obviously people care. I say who cares, um, but the ratings don't mean shit to me. Because AEW could have the worst ratings on television. They're still making the best wrestling product there is. Period. Mm-hmm. In, in, on American in America on American soil. And uh I don't know, the ratings are just an estimation too, because you know, exactly. you, you only have the Nielsen boxes and stuff, so they just, you know, one box for every hundred people or whatever. I don't know. Right. But um uh the uh the other thing I was gonna say is like with the ratings, it's just and I've said this before, um you know, WWE is like, well, we had a, you know, we did a 3.1, you did a 1.2, so we won the ratings. Then AEW is like, but in the main demographic of 18 to 49, we trounced you guys, so right. we won. And it's like, uh, you know, so you, you're just, you're, you're twisting the narrative to to fit what you want to, you know, so to, to make yourself look good. And I mean, it's not as cut and dry. I mean, yeah, I know the 18 to 49 is important, but also the overall fucking uh, rating. So I don't know. Well, and, and to me, in my opinion, what it all comes down to is it's neither one of the companies is going to win a, like that. We're the ones that are supposed to be winning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, Which and during they're winning, but we're winning because we're getting wrestling every day of the week. If we want it from wherever we want it and any style we want it. So really there's no need to compete because there's so much of it now. Yeah. You know, I mean, during the height of the Monday night war, we won because we were getting entertaining programming, but the disadvantage was it was on the same night at the same time. Exactly. I mean, now you look at that several times since then, and it never worked. Yeah, you look at it. Monday night, you could watch Raw. Tuesday night, you got NXT. Wednesday night, you got Dynamite. Thursday night, you have uh, Impact. Friday night, you have SmackDown and Rampage. And then you also have uh, fucking uh, MLW that you could watch. You know, I don't, I don't know when it airs, it but it just drops. Yeah, it it drops on YouTube. You got, you know, you got all these, you know, GCW. That's that. Yeah. You got all these little indie promotions that are on YouTube that you can watch fucking whenever. I mean, yep. it, it, it's it's easy it's easy to get caught up in what we did in the past, but if you really just look at the present, there's never been a more fun time to be a wrestling fan. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of people say it, but the reason is because we can watch whatever we want. And for the fact that say you don't like TV wrestling, it's boring to you. Whatever the case may be. We talked about it with Trevor, you know, on the episode, on the interview we just aired last week. The indies have never been this way, ever. The indies are credible. Like, the indies are exciting. There are talent that we're, people know indie wrestlers that have never went to, gone to an indie show. There are names in the indies that people know. 
without ever even going to one of those shows. When I was a, a, te- a young teen getting into the indies, trying to be trained, it was filled with, you know, 400 pound, 50 year old men who were only doing it because they had a buddy who had money to put in to it. And the crowd was filled with like their girlfriends and their girlfriend's kids. Like it was not fun to go to indie shows for real. And no one knew who any of these wrestlers were. And now we've got like a guy like Trevor Eon, for example, who people fucking know, not only because he was featured on AEW and did a fantastic job, but because he's making it like it's easy for people to, you could completely never watch any wrestling on television ever again and still be completely loaded up with quality professional wrestling no matter where you look. It doesn't have to do with anything with TV or YouTube. You can go to any almost any city and find at least one halfway decent indie promotion. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just, it's one of those things. It's weird. Who'd have thought this many years after all of that, that there'd be this much wrestling like it. So ratings don't mean shit. Look how many wrestlers are working and being paid. That's oh, yeah. amazing. That's enormous. I, I follow so many indie because on Twitter, if I'll see somebody, I'll see Trevor Eon. Right. Follow. You click on him and it says, follow these seven other people. Right. Yeah, fuck it. I'll click on that. So there are so many indie wrestlers I follow that I have no idea who they are. It's just, right. you know, they come up like that. But I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Um, and uh, I'm scrolling things and I'm seeing so many people that it's just, you know, Trevor's based out of uh, Georgia. And you see him, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh. I'm going to be, he was in Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to be here. And, you know, you have a fucking Laney Luck who's from what? She's from here or St. Louis? I, she's from Missouri. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. You know, but she was, she fought Thunder Rosa. She, okay. So the Dave LaGreca, where he went through all the, the fucking cans, she was fighting, uh, Thunder Rosa was fighting Laney Luck, you know, one of our, Exactly. Indie, local indie darlings um it's, even, it's it's almost like it's not even an indie darling thing anymore they're just the indies is just a credible source of pro wrestling to the point yeah. where it's not even they're not like these up-and-coming wrestlers anymore like it's the place to be mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's like it's, we have two tiers you have that you have your tv tiers and then you have your indie tiers which is almost like the promotions again because yep. these guys are traveling around Yep. You know, I mean, fuck, look at fucking Minoru Suzuki came yeah. to America and yeah, he did AEW and he did Impact, but and then he, he did, did DCW. The then he did St. Louis Anarchy. Yeah. He did you a know, bunch of different indies. Yeah. He, he was just traveling around. And and my thought is he's going to be retiring soon because he's 50 something. And he was like, you know what? No. I'm going out with a bang. I'm going to help all these fucking yeah. young kids. I'm going to help these little promotions and stuff. And so another exciting thing, like, here's an example. We mentioned GCW a lot. I know neither one of us really watch it extensively, but it's obviously one that's on our mm-hmm. radar because it's hard not to be. Kevin Nash is going to yeah. be uh, on uh, GCW on January twenty or January fourteenth in Detroit. Like Kevin Nash on GCW, like what? Like yeah. I don't know what he's doing. He may just make it be making an appearance, but just oh, the I, idea I, that he's interested. That he is interested. He literally tweeted, "Game change, game changer wrestling comes to my hometown in Detroit, and I wouldn't miss it for anything. Incredible wrestling promotion and product." Like, oh, so, and then and moving forward to that because we're actually getting pretty short on time here, and we still have to fit in the uh, 
the JCB rant here after uh, in editing. I thought you already no, did it. Well, in oh, August. never mind. Uh, so we have to talk about um, December 17th Journey Pro Die Hard 2 is also a Christmas movie. Uh, obviously, the, the previous year was Die Hard is a Christmas movie was the name of the event. Um, we're going to go over the card real quick before we end it. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so we have uh, your favorite, my favorite, the Howlettes versus West Coast Wrecking Crew. Um, I'm not as familiar with them, but it doesn't matter because the Howlettes, not the, not to discredit the, the West Coast Wrecking Crew. That's not what I meant by that at all. But you're pretty much guaranteed to have a fantastic match every time with the Howlettes. So I'm actually looking really forward to seeing these two. I think I've seen them before. I want to say I have. I'm just not, I, I'm, I'm not pinpointing uh, where it would have been. We also, this one's exciting as shit, especially for uh, Kansas City fans. Uh, we have the return of frontman Jossie uh, versus Dak Draper. Yeah. For those of you don't, who don't know who Dak Draper is, he's obviously jumped around quite a bit. He's been on uh, NWA and quite a few other things. But when Kansas City was running the NWL, promotion Dax or Dak Dax Dak was one of their top guys um and and for good reason the dude looks great he's got he oozes personality and that's the fun part about this match is that frontman Jossie is the same way I knew him from a uh, ring of honor yeah 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 which we, speaking of ring of honor there's more oh, oh go yeah, ahead yeah yeah right uh so then we've also got Again, speaking of uh, Heidi Howitzer, again, like it's uh, okay. So what, before we move on, there was one thing I wanted to mention about this, and that's that Journey Pro's got this like almost new class of regulars mm-hmm. on every show, which is nice to see. It's a fresh thing. They kind of had to do it because some of them have moved on to different things. Uh, and also they're just they're really good at reaching out and finding talent that maybe Kansas City isn't as familiar with and I love it Heidi's one of them she's fucking awesome she's super entertaining she's a beast uh and she fits in so perfectly with Journey Pro against Quinn McKay yeah uh and and I have never personally seen her wrestle live so this will be exciting um we see her a lot at the shows her and Dak both are are usually at these Journey Pro shows but in the crowd uh so it's gonna be really exciting to actually see them in ring live in front of us on the 17th uh by the way tickets are still on sale you can get them at journeyprokc.com uh do it anyway uh then moving on we have everyone's favorite gary j uh gonna be a little secret coming up here soon with with that one i know i'm 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 a little behind on it uh but we got some things in the works oh oh you got some tea not T, but it's not C. <laughs> uh, we got Gary J versus the amazing Christian Rose, uh, who have been kind of had this little team up thing going on off and on uh, since uh, a few shows ago. And now, obviously, they're going head to head with each other, which is going to be a fantastic match. These two. Oh, are that's wonderful. just going to be a barn burner. It absolutely is. Uh, and then we've got the Christmas scramble, um, which, it, first of all, <laughs> I haven't seen Yellow Dog in probably a year or two in Journey Pro. He used to do the Kansas Hall shows, or at least one or two of them that I saw, and it's fucking hilarious. Uh, but then we also have 
uh, your favorite, Donnie Pepper Cricket. Uh, I love that dude. Dude's awesome. He's really good. Uh, he also was one of the ones that was kind of half playing uh, not kayfabe security from when that busload of drunks showed up. At the oh, God, floor. that was funny. Uh, and then of course, Dallas Cade uh, versus this is all versus each other, obviously. Uh, Campbell Myers, SK Bishop, Mighty Micah, and Darian Bingston, who was shooting shots at Journey Pro for the spelling of his name. Uh, yeah. Which, interesting. Uh, so, yeah, a- a- as always, Journey Pro always has these great scramble matches, and most of these guys have been in them every time. So I wonder, I'm curious as to what's going on with that, if there's anything you know specific going on with that 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 i mean because in my opinion there's no way they're not trying to build up dallas Cade in these matches there's no way because the kid's amazing he's over as fuck with that journey pro crowd he has been since day one we've all Mm -hmm. anybody who's been watching him in journey pro has seen him grow and grow and grow uh and then you know we talked about it at the last show you know mighty micah the premiere which is interesting because we've got two members of the premiere in the same scramble match. So that should be an interesting dynamic. Uh, but yeah, it's at Flint Roasters. That's what the card is so far. I'm sure there'll be more dropped here. Oh, you, you forgot one. Which one? Uh, Jeremy Dogwater Wyatt oh, yeah. versus JDX. Okay. I, that, I don't know why that one wasn't listed here. So yeah, I don't I know about that one. But yeah, it's dog water. JDX versus Dogwater. That's actually going to be a fantastic match. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a great wrestler. He's just a piece of shit. Um, and uh, JDX say, is phenomenal. Absolutely. And I have a feeling we're still going to have to see. There, there's still, um, I, you know, I know Kenny Alfonso won the match against KLD uh, last month. But I have a feeling that's not the, the last we're going to see of KLD, especially since now Moonshine you know, came out at the end of that and beat the shit out of Kenny Alfonso. Yeah, that uh, dastardly scallion. We would have had Jovi there, but I think he was also at another event that night in another state. So that's why we didn't see Jovi uh, backing them at that show. So I'm sure we'll probably see Jovi next uh, at this show on the on the 17th. Um, yeah, and like, and again, there's got to be more coming to this card soon. So far, they could go with what they've got and it would be a fucking loaded show regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that again. You can get your tickets at journeyprokc.com, uh, at Blimp Roasters in Kansas City, Missouri. Come on through. We had people from St. Louis there last show. Uh, we had people from all over the place. People come, and that's what I love about these shows. It's you know, if I was able to take the time to travel more often, I'd be going to all these shows. If I could just get paid to go to indie shows around the Midwest. I would never work an actual job in my life. So if anybody wants to do that, if anybody wants to pay me to be your manager, walk you out <laughs> to the to the ring, whatever you want to do, uh, I will gladly go to every show. Uh, so, anyways, we are well over time. Uh, this says, oh, never mind. I was looking at it wrong. I thought it said an hour and fifty six minutes. That's not true. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna have to go ahead and uh, and cut it off there. Is there anything extra you want to talk about before we get going, Patrick? Uh, there was a video uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was at Don't Die Miles, where he it, and he's a guy, uh, East Coast guy, but he was getting his ass beat. And there was a little kid in the crowd, like oh, reaching, yeah. like, "Come on, Miles!" and stuff. And, and it was so cute because he Miles was reaching, was reaching, back, 
reaching back and stuff, and he ended up winning the match. And he said uh, afterwards, he went up to the kid and was like, "Yeah, you cheering me on really gave me the the strength I needed and stuff." And uh, you know, what I, I, all about. Yeah, I read that. I watched that video and I read that thread. And I got choked up. I was like, "That's why we love this shit." You know, yep. it's the little things like that to it. You know, um, you know, that, MJF that, getting choked up on yeah. the ramp. Yeah. Uh, even Randy Orton, when he walked out at WrestleMania last right. year and he had to turn around and walk back because he was choked up because, uh, you know, finally in front of crowd. I mean, shit like that. That's why that's why we watch wrestling. I mean, that was one of the reasons well, that, lo- that little kid will never forget that moment. Ever. No, Ever. no, Ever. no. And yeah. And, um, you know, it's just it's so much fun. And. That's another reason why I like the indies is you could get that interaction. You could get that connection. I mean, you know, I got a picture with Heidi Howitzer and I was like, oh my God, I saw you on dark. You know, you were amazing. She's like, thanks. She's like, guess what? You know, I'm going to be at all the jury pro shows now for the next, you know, however long I was like, fuck yeah. And you know, she's really fucking cool. So you get to meet those people and stuff. Um, And that's another fun thing about the, the status of the industry now is you're getting a lot of bigger names from non-WWE companies or people that were released from WWE that are going to the fucking indies and stuff. And yep. you're getting meet and greets and stuff. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you, you get to meet some of the bigger names and stuff. I mean, I met Warhorse and he's fucking cool as hell. He's and cool. you know, he's so rad. So yeah. And he's on MLW right now. So yeah, I, I mean, just little things like that. So yeah, it, a lot of reasons to love wrestling. I know there's a lot of reasons people, there's one main reason people are a little soured, but there's so many reasons to love wrestling. Exactly. Right I totally agree. Excuse me. And I was holding back a burp. I wasn't getting choked up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. Anyways. Uh, hey, couple shout outs because um, we don't have a lot of listeners, but the listeners we have are pretty fucking loyal and we appreciate the shit out of them. So I, I just wanted to give a shout out, of course, to uh, uh, Hush Ruin of course, for always chiming in and being involved. Uh, Glenn, because we got to see him at the last show, and I hope we get to see him at this next show. Always a good time to see Glenn, even though, you know, he passed out on a poll while I was trying to talk to him. Business as usual. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to... uh, Damn it, where did I have it? I feel like an asshole now. Uh, Oh, yeah, B-Shack, Brian. Always, Mm -hmm. always very supportive. Also, Mike, I hope we see you at the next show as well, man. We missed both of you guys the last couple shows uh dog as always i love you patrick hates you it is what it is oh no i don't i don't hate dog i just i just wish we get a rectal exam by a fucking you know spear that just over and over and fuck him wow i all right uh (laughs) but i don't hate him i wish no ill will on him except a spear up his ass oh well goddamn i can't wait till you guys meet in person uh, and then of course I want to give a shout out to, uh, journey pro fucking swell people. Uh, and then of course our brothers over at band from ringside podcast, everybody, you can find us on Twitter at podcast, kinda at Lucha Chris TV at Patriot Pat 1776. Also do not forget to jump over to our YouTube channel. I promise I'm going to be dropping all this last couple weeks content onto YouTube here in the next couple days uh in order <laughs> of when it was supposed to be uh released but jump over it's podcast or ah, frick it's a uh, sideways in time network you can see it down there uh on youtube where you can see our pretty faces and not just hear our pretty voices uh and again 
like, share, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the more times you guys jump in the comments and tell us what you think or, or that you hate us or whatever, whatever you want down there. The more you guys interact with us on YouTube, the more we will do on YouTube, the more time I will dedicate to making sure we have quality content on YouTube. Uh, so always please make sure to go over and check that out. Share, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, interact with us on Twitter. If you hate us, tell us you hate us. We just want to interact with you guys. You know? Yeah. Uh, that being said, thank you as always for listening again this week. And uh, I personally can't wait to see you guys next week. Patrick, send us out of here, bud. Well, I know I'm going to be doing this on the 17th when I meet Quinn McKay and Dak Draper. And, you know, let's say you come across, you're walking down the street and you see one of your favorite wrestlers. What do you do? Mark the fuck out. All right, everybody. We did that tandem this time. That's the first time ever. All right, everybody. Again, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Cue the music. That's not at all what our music sounds like. Patrick dancing to it is good enough. Me. I don't know, just throwing them moves out there, you know, got them sick dad dance moves. I don't know what mine are. I'm not a dad or anything. Bye.